0: Welcome to season two of Teach and Wine About It.
1: I'm Sean. And
0: I'm Ashley. And
1: we're two teachers navigating the world of teaching and learning
0: in the middle of a pandemic.
1: <laughs> so join us each week as we talk about assessment, technology, and resources to supercharge your teaching.
0: And as always, we will review a new wine each week because you can't teach.
1: Unless you can whine about it.
0: Now, let's start the show.
1: I'm really excited for this week. I want to take some time, if I may, and uh, chat a little bit about efficient assessment of writing.
0: I think that that would be a great thing to talk about today.
1: (laughs) Especially given how much, like, I mean, you're an English teacher, so you have, you end up with piles like every English teacher I know. Yes. And I know in social studies, I collect the weirdest types of writing out there. So I, I want to reflect a little bit and come up with some ways that we can share how we assess writing without killing ourselves in the process uh, yep. and taking up pretty much every Sunday night. I feel like when I was a, a baby teacher, I was doing that. And nowadays, sometimes I'm guilty of that. But, uh, you know, let's lay out maybe four or five different approaches for people who are looking to cut down on the amount of time they spend, you know, grading reading, rereading and assessing. Feedbacking. Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: Feedbacking is not a verb, but we have made it a verb today. It
1: is now I'll get the copyright paperwork out.
0: All right. Um so, I as an English teacher, like you said, I spend I feel like all of my time assigning and then assessing writing. Yep. Um and my biggest tip, I know I've said it before, don't grade everything.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. Yep. And I think we sometimes we fall into the trap of feeling like we need to give kids feedback on every little bit so that they right. see, like, the the utility and having spent the time in writing it.
0: Right, like, and you want to, like, honor their time and their effort that they put into it by giving yeah. them something back.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, not to be, like, a, a bummer here, but, like, in most career paths, you're not getting instantaneous feedback or you're not getting detailed fa- feedback with every decision and right. project you do in your job. You just you just don't.
0: Right, I mean, and I am a pretty big Kelly Gallagher fan, and he has this quote, I think that it's in um, – right beside them where he says that kids should be writing about five times more each week than we could grade.
1: Absolutely. And its I mean, there's just a fixed number of minutes that we can mentally handle grading kid writing.
0: Right. So um, we're going to talk today about some ways that you can not spend your whole entire <laughs> life grading papers.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, realistically, this sounds like a big English and social studies kinds of things. Uh, but I mean, when we look at all the different disciplines, we think of music playing tests, we look at math homework that, you know, even math, in the most like, traditional. Sense. Proofs
0: are long-form problems.
1: Yeah. I mean, not everything Science needs, lab reports. Oh, my gosh. Especially the science teachers who are dealing with those lab reports that all look the same. Over and over again. So, you know, first and foremost, one of the things we want to look at, I almost said the word unpack, but that's a 2019 (laughs) education word. Um, I want to explore self-assessment a little bit.
0: Oh. Because
1: I feel like a lot of teachers just hand out a rubric for students to just fill out, like, how do you think you did? And then the students are like, well, I don't put five and I don't put one because I don't want to get involved with a teacher conversation. So I'm going to definitely call myself a 3.6 without actually really thinking about it.
0: Yeah, I got um, really into self-assessment when I did AP Lang. Yeah, um, And I think that the trick to go beyond like, oh, I'm going to give myself a five out of five because I think that I am um, like super awesome. So the trick is to add some reflection in there too. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I think I deserve a five because here's what the rubric criteria says and uh-huh. here's where in my writing I do this. So like kind of throwing it back on them and getting them to say like, this is something that I do really well in my writing and this is something that I don't do really well in my
1: writing. Yeah, and for kids who don't maybe have the language for them to be able to produce that, you know, that reflection, that discussion. If mm-hmm. your rubric involves clearly delineated categories, one of the things I've done to jazz up my self-assessment with students is I have them in their reflections or whatever I have them fill out, even if it's a Google form, rank what they did best to worst, oh. which is really, really nice because then that means you must celebrate something you know you did well. Mm-hmm. And and that involves... You know, uh, or that really allows students to elevate themselves and, and recognize something that they did click with. Yes. But that also means every student is equal in that they rec- they recognize that something in their writing was not as strong as it could have been.
0: Yeah. I've even done, like, highlight your favorite paragraph mm-hmm. in green and the paragraph that you need help with in pink. Yeah. And then that's where you focus, or that's where I focus my feedback. So, like, mm-hmm. I look in that green paragraph for a positive piece of feedback, and then, I look Mm -hmm. in that pink paragraph for like, here's what you can do better next time.
1: Yeah. And really honing in on what is it in your learning target so that you are trying to assess in the writing. If you, I mean, if you are looking for, source discussion and paraphrasing, then you really, really need to hone in your feedback primarily on that because otherwise you might exhaust yourself. Yes. It, you know, it's good to do holistic stuff. It's good to cover all of the bases, the grammar, the mechanics, and the content, mm-hmm. and some of the different stylistic things. But allow yourself sometimes to just hone in on one skill. That can give you agency as a teacher, and it can, can give agency to the kid to focus on just one area and cut out the other stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And speaking of rubrics or, like, points that you are assessing, I feel like every episode I'm, like, pumping Google Classroom. So yeah.
1: Are you being paid by them I under the table? I was just about
0: to say Google if you're listening. Oh, Yeah. I'm ready.
1: Yeah, we got bills. We do got <laughs> bills. <laughs>
0: um, but Google Classroom within the past like year has rolled out this rubric feature mm-hmm. where you can now create and attach a rubric to an assignment. Yeah. And then it just like pops up on the side and you can just click, 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 click. Mm-hmm. And then it pushes the um, grade back out. I know the other... Um, Learning management system, LMSs. Yeah. That's a mouthful. LMSs. That
1: doesn't roll off the tongue.
0: Uh, Whatever. Other um, things like Canvas or whatever. I think they have their own grading thing. I think even Turnitin has a grading rubric.
1: I think at this point they do. I saw that when I was adjuncting at a university last semester.
0: Using the rubrics will help you, and
1: also giving kids power over the rubric. I like, you know, and I know you use a lot of mentor texts in your I do. in your room, and allowing them to simulate the role of the teacher or simulate the role of an authentic audience and evaluate the text using that rubric even before they start brainstorming or writing sometimes right. can make all the difference.
0: And I mean, I think that giving them that me- that strong mentor text, like this is what your essay is supposed to look like, mm-hmm. it makes it so that they're not starting from like negative two. Mm-hmm. When Mm-hmm. they're writing they're starting from like zero or one because yeah. they know what a final polished product should look like
1: yeah and honestly it is sometimes overwhelming to find an, a quality mentor text for a a prompt or whatever but mm-hmm. honestly some of those social groups like on Facebook that we talked about in previous episodes yes. if you would just put out there that you're looking for a mentor text on a rhetorical analysis or you're looking for a sample um lab report on titration for your chemistry right. class like honestly there is a high likelihood that someone out there is sitting with a downloaded version of a sample text right. that you could just use so you don't have to write a mentor text
0: right Right, and it's, I mean, I think it's important to acknowledge, too, that mentor texts do not have to be 100% perfect.
1: Oh, yeah. Like,
0: part of the good conversation with a mentor text is like, yeah, this one's pretty good, but, like, what could it do better? Yeah. And so that gives uh and then you can even tie back in the rubric and, mm-hmm. like, okay, so if we were assessing this with our rubric, what would we give it? Yeah. How could we push it to the next level?
1: I've done a... um I've done a game before out of that with my kids on practicing the rubric. You know how mm-hmm. in like the price is Right rules, like if you your guess is on one side of the actual figure, you're like disqualified, but mm-hmm. like the closest one gets it. I've done that yeah, before. It's, f-
0: it's the closest without going over, right? Right,
1: right, and so um, Prices Right. So I like to, with my kids, have them compete to be able to figure out if they could guess what actually would have been the grade, how many points off the rubric would the text have gotten.
0: Oh. And then I,
1: I put on some Prices Right music in the background. It's really stupid and cheesy. But like it, that. But it does incentivize them to actually pull apart the language of the rubric.
0: I'm, I'm going to try that. Steal it. With, I. Uh... AP length sample essays,
1: which honestly, you know, you were given a lot of mentor texts from college board, Yeah, but I mean, the specificity of some of those rubrics, it'd be interesting to see if kids could make some predictions and really gain power over, yes. over those expectations.
0: Yes. I like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, speaking of power, student power Ooh. in the classroom, um, I know that you kind of use student selected portfolios in your room, right?
1: Oh yeah. That's a big one. I love when kids don't feel trapped into Mm -hmm. having their assessment, their evaluation being tied to um, something that maybe they're not confident in. I mean, you know, student voice and choice is something I say over and over again, like a broken record. Voice and choice,
0: voice and choice.
1: Yep, that's me. But honestly, it's really nice to give kids the opportunity to write from different angles or write different prompts, and that when it's time to go and assess students, that they select the piece that they think best represents it. Right. I mean, if we're going to, if we're preparing students to be writing in their fields, then it's likely that some of the prompts we give them aren't necessarily in their wheelhouses or their passions, but some are, and allow students to select those works that align with what they feel like their strengths are, because honestly, that's what their future careers will ask them to do.
0: Right. And so just to backtrack a little bit, when we're we're talking about student selected portfolios we're talking about like you have kids write like something every day for five days and yep. then at the end of the week you say like okay out of what we wrote this week pick one that you want me to grade yep and they kind of get that ownership about like okay this is the piece that I felt confident about mm-hmm. and I'm ready for you to take a look at
1: yeah and that sounds like you're having them write right 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 over and over again but honestly a whole lot of kids especially our kids who have some anxiety about grading an assessment mm-hmm. when they realize they have a whole week of opportunity that can alleviate some of that stressor of being like well here's your one chance right you know Um, And then when it does come time to give feedback and and assess that stuff, you know, approaching things from a standard-based mindset and and providing narrative feedback honestly goes much farther than assigning a grade.
0: It does. I think that one of the things, I know I've talked about my um, Lake Michigan Writing Project, National Writing Project Summer Institute a couple times, but that's one of the things that I, like, re-remembered when Mm -hmm. I took that class was that... It's writing is supposed to be a process, and mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times with this like grade centered um, atmosphere culture that we have in schools, it yeah. gets we get uh, like focused a lot on end product, and mm-hmm. we don't really value the process of writing as like a cyclical situation.
1: Yeah, and being able to revisit works, being able to edit works as they go along, that that actual the process and the. Um, I don't know, the collaborative aspect of it should be as much a part of the final grade as the final text.
0: Right. So, right.
1: so I, I know for me, I, I'm trying to be more efficient. And I guess our point here for the segment was on efficiency. And I've decided that this year with all of the different, uh, you know, remote learning Ugh. situations we're in, which I know is even more exhausting for you given your setup in your school district. Because Oh,
0: and don't worry everyone. We will be talking about this in just a moment.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, you know, I've, I've made the choice to do a lot of my writing feedback using voice comments, yes. voice narrative.
0: I am actually transitioning to that right now, like downloaded an extension to 2 days ago yep. for Google Chrome going to give it a shot mm-hmm. this afternoon yeah as i'm grading news article assignment assignments
1: you okay. got this. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: happened. We were there.
1: Yeah, it, it happened, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, that also uh, frees us up a little bit. I mean, the, especially when I think about writing comments in the margins on Google Docs. Yeah. Great tool, great tech tool. But that's a lot of hitting control, alt, M, type, 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 control, yeah. alt, M, type, type. And so
0: type, type. I downloaded an extension. It's called Moat, M-O-T-E. And it is Google comments like on the side but instead of type 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 you click a button and you record a comment
1: yeah one click one recorded comment perfect that makes my life a lot easier Yep. so you know overall we're going to be monitoring some different approaches people discover this fall as a lot of people are starting to have to streamline their writing assessment because we're online or partial or whatever stuff's changing the heck is happening i don't know what's happening no
0: one knows but now it is time for the wine review is our 10th episode
1: yes it is and to commemorate that i pulled out this impossible to find 2015 pinot grigio from my basement cellar stash
0: oh that is dusty <laughs> yeah
1: i've been saving this very special occasion and there's no better time than the present
0: i know it's so crazy that we're already on episode 10
1: i know i mean we've already covered so much we still have so much coming down the pipeline
0: I am so excited for the upcoming episodes.
1: Yeah, like on episode 13 that's coming up when we, uh, oh, why are you making that face?
0: Uh, When did when did you say this Y is from?
1: Like five years ago.
0: And when are you supposed to open it by? Oh,
1: <laughs> it can't be that bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, wow. That, nope, that that's real bad.
0: Yeah, I don't love this journey for us.
1: <laughs> I don't either. Woof.
0: for our Hot Topic today, we thought that we would just kind of check in with each other, with you, with everyone, um, about how it's going in this um, Miss Rona (laughs) time of teaching.
1: Yeah, it's exhausting trying to keep up, I find, with all the different changes and the new expectations and really just being surrounded with an entire building of people who are first-year teachers again.
0: Yes. Um, and so I know, Sean, and our two schools are doing completely different mm-hmm. situations. Yeah,
1: and we're next door to each other. Our districts are next door to each other. Yes,
0: like we're in the same county. Yeah. So it's just completely different. So I cannot even imagine what all is happening across the country. Yeah. Across the world, we have listeners in Europe and hey, Asia. Hey,
1: look at us. We so got to spread. So that's you, hello. Hello.
0: Guten tag. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: So anyway, as you can tell, we're starting to crack over here at Teach and Wine About It. Um, You know, honestly, it's been um, really, really challenging. You know, I I brought some of it on myself, I'm going to be honest. I signed up to teach overtime this year because we're um, this program that I've you know, piloted the last three years is expanding and I took on an extra section this year. But yes. I also made that commitment well before the world ended, thanks to Miss Corona. Right. And so, you know, part of, the, part of that is, you know, we do in our jobs take on oftentimes...
0: Everything. Everything. The whole world.
1: Yeah. And it's um, it, it's tough sometimes to keep up, especially with uncertainty.
0: Yes. So my district right now, we are... Um, I am teaching both in-person and online students.
1: And I'll uh, let the record state... At the same time. At the same
0: time. So like in my first hour, I have 33 kids on my roster. Mm-hmm. Um, for the record, my cap is supposed to be 32, but nope. we won't even go there. Teacher
1: Union's are next episode.
0: Um. So I have 33 kids on my roster, and I have about 12 who come to class every day, mm-hmm. and then the rest of them are online students.
1: Okay. So you are having to keep track of 21 kids at home
0: mm-hmm. who may or
1: may not be awake at the time. Right. And then you have 12 bodies in your room. Uh-huh. And if I remember correctly, your room is a little cramped. It is. So, I mean, with 12 bodies, that probably is a breath of fresh air, but still everyone has to keep their distance. So,
0: like, I have 30 desks in my classroom, which will... You know, cover that when, uh, where am I going to get those three extra desks? (laughs) Right. Uh, Come and match you in January. Yep. (laughs) How are we adjusting? Um, But so I can fit 15 students in my room. Yeah. Socially distanced.
1: Okay. So you made it in them.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, my EL classes in the afternoon are, I have like 19 kids who come to class, so that's pretty cool. Um, Yeah. We just drag desks around and make it work, but... Interesting, and,
1: and that's really the thing I, I I wanted to bring up is this whole concept of yeah we make it work,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: do I, I I look at that from a positive and a negative lens. The, yeah, the positive being is we're a field that by and large will bend over backwards to make sure that kids have quality learning and growing right. Experiences. Like
0: I will give up most things in my life, like most I will give up most of my quality of life in order to make sure that my kids are. Mm-hmm. Taking care of.
1: Well, yeah, especially right now, uh, you know, a lot of us are putting a whole lot of our personal lives on hold because our time demands yes. are so huge. But mm-hmm. for me, you know, I approach it as a, um, you know, a cautious, a cautious thing for me. I don't want to establish this as the new norm that right. this, this level of time investment and this level of uncertainty is something that just we should expect in teaching from here on. I mean, you know, we've We've gotten this very surprise uh, Mm curveball environment, and we will push through for the kids as much as we can. We will. Um, And there's no judgment to teachers out there. You know, I'm I'm on the subreddit for teachers, and um, the people who send in their letters of resignation, there's no judgment on that. I mean, for a lot of us, this isn't necessarily what we signed up for.
0: Right. I mean, if I had the space in my life to take a year off, who knows? Maybe I would have, because Mm -hmm. you never... like. This sucks. This year sucks, it for does. lack of a better term.
1: Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, w- a couple of things for me stand out in how we can at least bridge the gap until we start to reach reach a time when teaching is, is fun, enjoyable, and we're able to provide the best quality instruction we can.
0: Right. I agree. And that's what we kind of wanted to focus on. So we wanted to check in, but we also wanted to, like, provide you with some, like, coping strategies mm-hmm. and, like, just make sure that as listeners, as teachers, you are, like, still taking care of yourselves and not giving up your whole dang life yeah. for your job.
1: And I think especially the more that we're putting energy into our jobs, the more we're identifying with our teacher persona or having to spend more time mm-hmm. in our teacher persona and, yeah. and you know, it was... It, a couple days ago, in my teacher group chat, um, you know, so I, I, we were just iMessaging messaging back and forth, and someone said very clearly, "You know, I just miss being around adults, mm-hmm. being around people like me, like people, not as a teacher role." Yeah, you know. So, you know, in my on my campus, we we've put together a day um, next week um, where we book some food trucks to come in. And we've got some, like, yard party games, like, like cornhole and stuff like that, that we just are going to set up down in the stadium. Cool. And just people can be an adult with other adults.
0: That sounds really cool. Um,
1: and then, of course, there's an after-party happy hour, uh, of course. Of course. Um, out on a patio at a, at a restaurant. But, um, you know, just allowing us to be people and not just teachers is, I think, going to start to restore some of that balance we all used to have.
0: Yeah. Like, I definitely fall into the trap a lot of, like, okay, go home, spend, like, 30 minutes on my phone or whatever, and then I just open up my laptop and I go right back into teacher mode. Mm-hmm. And like, I talk about it, I've said this to my mom like, I have a hard time like turning Miss Bartley off. Oh, yeah, and becoming Ashley again. Yeah, and that, so yeah. I've been really careful to like deliberately take some time away from mm-hmm. school, yeah, um, and like turning off my teacher brain. So I've been doing a lot of self care, a lot of face masking,
1: mm-hmm. trying to
0: prevent mask.
1: Oh, that's a real thing.
0: Yeah. So I do um, like a little face mask about Mm -hmm. once or twice a
1: week. Treat show sale.
0: I have been drinking some wine.
1: Yeah, because, um, you know, it's it's trapped in the bottle. We got to free it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my boss, actually, he brought up a good point a little while ago on that um, real push we have just in general in this field to provide excellent stuff and always be excellent at all times. And he, mm-hmm. he had a, g- a great conversation point talking about how um, much social emotional learning can happen among our kids if we share with them the challenges of putting together some of this quality oh, instruction, yeah. developing some of that empathy. His example was that um, you know if you're making if you have to do a video lesson like I have to push some video lessons weekly mm-hmm. for my ninth graders, and you know he was like. You know, if your dog walks through the frame or the doorbell rings or some noise is happening in the background, keep it. Don't re-record. You're not Spielberg. You know, you're trying to be a, a, a human doing a human thing. Right. So make sure the kids see that and that you're not trying to produce this.
0: Yeah. Like, I've been saying so many times, like, give me grace give all of your teachers grace yeah. because we are all struggling right now like if one of your teach, I think I've actually said to my kids this week like one if one of your teachers seems like they have it all together they are lying to you yeah
1: and it's fine you don't have and you know what maybe you have it all together and that's really awesome and I'm really, um, I'm really glad that a lot of our colleagues in the field are doing okay. And, right. you know, if you haven't felt the pressure, you know, maybe your discipline or your, your teaching style or your schedule lends it to actually being okay right now, yeah. you know, check in on your people and make sure they're right. okay. You know, it can go from something as simple as sending a meme over to someone, you right. know, even to as big as a, uh, um, hey, department, instead of doing a staff meeting at school, Let's go all socially distanced, uh, pick up a couple pizzas, and sit in someone's driveway. Like, right. Like, you know, if, if you're cool and you're fine, awesome. That's really, really cool. If yeah. you have any expendable energy in there, you know, check on your people.
0: Dude, you know? check on your people.
1: Yeah, and even through that, I've discovered I have some new connections and some new friendships with other teachers in my building that before yeah. all of this started, I had never really talked to.
0: Right. I think that that's the thing that I want to, that I've learned um, the most this week with mm-hmm. my dual online in-person teaching is that it's like my connections with my colleagues are just as important if not more important than they ever have been
1: yeah and i like for my schedule for instance we have to eat lunch with the kids now and our passing time is used up you know sanitizing surfaces yeah we and, do the same thing you know because we have you know pretty uh, I think both your school and my school we're, we follow the same county guidelines mm-hmm. like I mean there's no bathroom breaks for teachers at all I mean it was bad before but like <laughs> you, you don't get out you don't see anybody you no. are you are in teacher mode you, you don't are. I mean we don't have a an off-duty lunch and mm-hmm. so it's you're running a marathon of playing this character. Yeah, that um, you're
0: on all the time.
1: Yep. So you know, check on your people.
0: Check on your people. Check on yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, don't be afraid. I um, last year I found I was reading an article by Dave Stewart Jr. Mm-hmm. and he was talking about the word satisfy. And, which mm. I didn't even know was a word, but it really is. I don't know if it's a word. I think it really is. Okay, okay. go with Um it. Go And with so it. the definition of satisfice is like accepting the best available option. Oh, that's So good. like not trying to like say like, okay, this isn't perfect, so I need to make it perfect. But just mm-hmm. like accepting that like not every single thing you're going to do, especially now in the middle of a global pandemic, mm-hmm. not everything that you're going to be able to do is going to be 100% perfect. And oh, you need yeah. to just kind of like settle in and... Mm-hmm. Satisfies.
1: And just be satisfied, I guess.
0: I know is that a verb, you think?
1: I just decided you decided it was an it, it it was a word in the first place, so well, I'm No, Dave Stewart
0: it. Jr. decided it was a word. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Well, I will I will send him a note to confirm. Yeah. If that's okay. And last but not least, you know, I I believe we really can lean on other teachers out there who've posted some resources. Yes. I know I've leaned on So many resources on Nearpod and on Edpuzzle resources we've talked about before that, you know, you may have an awesome lesson idea for a new way you could teach mercantilism in world history. That's just what came to my brain because that's me. Um, But honestly, someone could have a quality lesson out there that might not be your style, but for your coping Pick that, yeah, and then use that and and modify it as you need to, but don't recreate the wheel if it's going to <laughs> right. already burn your candle at both ends.
0: Teachers pay teachers is also a great place. Like you have to pay for some of the stuff, but I also like I'm mm-hmm. a big proponent of like pay people for the work that they do.
1: Yeah, and so and you're supporting our industry as well. I don't yeah. I don't hold any grudges against Teachers Pay Teachers in the slightest. Right,
0: I have uh, spent many a dime at Teachers Pay Teachers in the past three weeks yep, since and, school started.
1: And there's no better time like now to explore explore what resources resources already out there, maybe give yourself a greater work-life balance.
0: Yes. All right. So for our resource topic today... Um, we are talking Google Drive add-ons and functions. Yeah,
1: we're gonna power up your Google Drive. We have six things to share with you today that you can add into your Chrome so that if you are a Google school and you know you're for Google for education, mm-hmm. that can actually really help uh, not only clean up your Google Drive a little bit but give you some more power on over what's in there.
0: Yes. So, the first thing is something that Sean introduced me to as we were preparing this episode, and Mm -hmm. it is Drive Slides. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. Which is an add in which converts a whole folder of images instantly into a Google Slides slideshow.
1: Yeah, I've used it before where um, I've done in World History an art analysis section, and I've gotten just a zip file of some different images from the internet that I've dumped into my Google Drive. And Mm -hmm. using Drive Slides, you just click, click and it takes everything it can find in a a folder you identify and automatically creates a Google Slides uh, presentation where each file has its own slide.
0: That's really cool. Super easy, super
1: fast. Um, The other one, too, uh, this one's actually not an add-on. It's been built into your Drive the whole time, and I cannot recommend enough that people play with this. The keyboard shortcuts that Google built into Drive are Mm -hmm. extensive and like 80% of what you do when you open up Drive, when you go directly to Drive, you can get a quick keyboard shortcut for that if you get it down. um, You know, a couple examples, like if you have Drive open, if you hit Shift O, it'll automatically create a new form for you and open that up, so you don't have to go hit like the new and then, you know, click through. Or if you're just on the Drive and you wanna get to that search bar, a quick uh, click on the, Uh, slash key on your keyboard will send you right to the search bar.
0: Oh, that's really cool. There's
1: a big long list of them. So you go into your Google Drive, go to the top right and there's a settings gear and then you'll be able to click through on keyboard shortcuts. If you get a couple of those down, the best ones really are to learn how to auto create um, slides, sheets, a doc, just with Mm -hmm. shift and then something else. You
0: know, something similar, um, I'm going... Off book right now. Um, Google also has all of these, like, um, links that they've added into Chrome. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have saved on my bookmarks bar. It's um, just a link that's docs.new. And so I click huh. this button on my bookmarks bar, and it automatically opens a new doc.
1: Oh, that's handy. And there's
0: one of those for every Google thing. So you can do, like, oh. slides.new. Forms, I don't know if forms, but like sheets.new. Yeah. And it just like so anytime I'm like, oh, I need to throw this in a Google Doc, I literally just click on that, it opens up a new doc, and then oh. I go forth.
1: Okay. So yeah, if you don't I guess that would be perfect if you don't have drive open or you don't want to open a new tab mm-hmm. on drive. That's actually really brilliant.
0: Yes. So um,
1: Yeah, and like on top of that, when we when we create all these new docs and stuff like mm-hmm. that, I like to lean into the Google Drive template gallery. Um, it's an it's an add-on that you can get in addition, mm-hmm. and there's some awesome templates that you can roll out right away for you know your docs and your slides and stuff.
0: Oh, really cool!
1: Yeah, I think um, I feel like everyone has seen every one of the themes for Google Forms oh, that's that comes default in there, and so yeah, you look for Google Drive template gallery, quick add-on, quick uh, couple of clicks, and you can get some documents that are already pre-formatted for you. Super that's really handy. cool.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, another is called Checker Plus for Google Drive.
1: Oh, this is huge in group projects. Yeah,
0: this is nice for group projects. You get notification when someone edits something in a drive folder.
1: Yeah, that's nice too. And also, like, if you're co-teaching anything or you share any documents with Mm -hmm. anyone in your department, I know I've turned it on before into my, or for my document for my department of, for, because it's social studies, for simulations people use. So as people try something, they add it to the doc and then Checker Plus sends me a notification.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. All right, and then another one is Pixlr Express, mm-hmm. which allows you to edit photos within Google Drive.
1: Yeah, that way you don't have to like go into Google Drawing and or
0: like some we like Google like photo editing software. Yeah,
1: there's I, I mean there are a lot of hoops to edit photos that you have already uploaded in your Drive. If you just get the Pixlr Express, that's P-I-X-L-R Express mm-hmm. extension, one you get the option when you open an image in Drive. To, um, to have a lot of those basic editing, those photo and graphic editing tools that you would expect out of like a, um, I mean, it's more than like paint, but, and it's not fully Photoshop. But if you need to do a quick tweak, it's built right into your Google Drive.
0: Question, does it have background removal?
1: I'm going to actually withhold that information and guilt you into downloading it yourself to check it out. Actually, it doesn't. Sorry. It's not that advanced. But um, the tools on there make it really easy, and then that stops people from having to download images, edit them offline, and re-upload them. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, all right, and then last one, some video software.
1: Oh, yes, Magisto. Magisto. That's a really good one. Now, this one isn't technically attached to your Google Drive, but when you go to Magisto and you log in using your Google account, it can um, import directly from Google video files oh. that you can then edit. That so, sounds like
0: it would be really good for kids who are using Chromebooks.
1: Exactly, because then all they have to do is navigate over to their Google Drive, and Magisto will import the video, and you can edit it right away without any um, hoops. It's kind of like we've. Vid- video a little bit but since it's attached to your google drive it means you have a one-stop shop to really do what you want with a video file
0: that's really cool and it's really easy to upload videos from your phone to google drive
1: oh yeah so that's true. that would
0: be super easy for kids to do
1: yeah if kids are allowed to use mobile devices then that's even one more uh strong tool that they can use to make video and google drive even easier
0: yes i love it me too week we're talking about something that is super important and personal to both of us, teacher unions.
1: Oh for sure and on top of that we'll discuss reading assessment in the classroom and provide you with a couple of tools that allow you to flawlessly integrate some more reading strategies in your regular teaching.
0: So in the meantime enjoy a glass or two of a good wine because you can't teach
1: unless you can whine about it.